Hey, hello, hello, hello. What's the story? How are you, girlin? How are you, boy? Not too bad. Myself? Not bad at all. Listen, it's great to be back after nearly a 12-week hiatus. The plan was just to take a few weeks off for Christmas and come back, do another bit in January. So then January came and I just wasn't feeling it, to be honest, for a number of reasons. But then my new aim was to get back at it early March. So here we are, starting fresh, March 2nd, let's go. I just wanted to use the extra few weeks to kind of reflect on a few things, try to identify some key areas where I can improve, and just kind of reorganize other parts of my life, you know, before I throw myself fully back into the podcast game. Like, for example, I got a lovely little home office set up. Just a little quiet corner of the house where I can finally sit down and work on this podcast and flesh out some ideas without being interrupted or without dogs barking in the background, you know. I've got a fireplace, a record player, a liquor cabinet. I've got my desk, of course, office chair, my laptop, my mic, even a few small desk decorations and, of course, a lava lamp. That's essential. All I need now is a couple of Cuban cigars and I'm all set. It's a really sexy little setup if I do say so myself. It kind of reminds me of going back to school after the summer, you know. Everything is just so fresh. Fresh new uniform. The fresh smell of your brand new school books. Your new seat in your new classroom. That's a beautiful, fresh feeling, you know. Anyway, as well as that, I did a massive spring clean. Finally got my PS5 and I set that up and admittedly that's been taking up a lot of my time as you'd imagine Um, and I've been out in the piss for the last four weekends in a row. You're probably thinking, oh, four weekends in a row, like big deal, but honestly I just can't do it anymore. It's like I work for four days, go on the piss for one day and then I'm hungover for two days. And then I'm pretty much back into work again. And it's just a vicious cycle. When I live that kind of lifestyle, there's literally zero motivation to do the things that I actually want to do. Like walk the dogs, go to the gym and do this podcast. So I'm giving the booze a little break for a while. And that kind of ties in with a bit of news that I have for you later on in the episode. So stay tuned to hear what kind of shitology I've got in store for you. But now... About to drop a bomb. This may come as a surprise to many. Except for the people that know me in real life. They obviously know the crack. But I'm going to let you in on something. Two years ago I made the best decision of my life. Yes, that was to get married. I did it in private. I kept it to myself for over a year. But more on that later. I'll probably dedicate a full episode to telling the story of how I ended up getting married on such short notice a little bit later down the line. But for now, I'm literally just throwing it out there like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm married and moving on. Uh, But it is kind of a big deal, so I wanted to use the past few weeks to start telling the people in my life, family, friends, acquaintances, and I know people think I am mental for doing it. Like, Even if they don't say it, it's written all over their face, but they don't really know, you know? Like... It is mad, but unless you're in my shoes and looking at the world through my eyes, 
you just don't know. So I don't blame people for feeling away about it. But yeah, March 11th, 2020, we did it. It's like, it's news to many, but you have to remember, I've been married nearly two years now. I actually can't even believe it's been two years already. Like, where is the time going? Mad shit, I know. But like I said, I'll break down that full story later on in the series. So stay tuned for that. But anyway, my beautiful wife, Lee, <laughs> she came to Ireland for the first time over Christmas. And obviously, I wanted to introduce her to everyone as my wife. So I finally told everybody in drips and drabs. And she flew in around mid-December. And I had the month off work. And man, what a month it was. A month of pure magic. Absolutely unbelievable. Now, lots of speed bumps along the way. But we still made the most of it. We always do. Like, motherfucking COVID. We really haven't gotten to enjoy married life in the real world yet. The pandemic started the same week as the marriage. March 2020. Literally... The exact same week. We went so long without getting it. But then of course the week she flies in. We both end up catching the vid. I just couldn't get over the timing of it. Christmas with Covid. Loads of things booked that had to be cancelled and everything. An absolute disaster. Think of it now like this. It's literally my first Christmas at home in four years. I'm here with my new wife who's visiting from Canada. And I can't even leave my bedroom. <laughs> what a mare but it was shit for everyone you know I'm not playing the victim I know everybody has their own kind of COVID sob story and things that they may have been looking forward to had to be cancelled and rescheduled and it was just a shit show like but like I said we definitely did make the most of it like we got one night out at the start of her trip that was actually the night we got COVID myself herself and a few others and then the next day they brought in the 8 o'clock rule. All bars and restaurants and stuff, clubs closed at 8pm. And then the week after she flies home, they lift all restrictions. Like late bars again. I'm like, isn't that just typical? But remember before I talked about the St. Smidrow tour. Ooh. We were aiming to do a few nights in each coast of Ireland. North, south, east, west. Do the full tour. Go all out. Why not? We did Galway. We did Doolin. We did Killarney. We did Dublin. And obviously spent a few days at home in Cork as well. The only two places we missed out on were Dingle and Belfast. But sure, next time, eh? That's a very Canadian thing, by the way. To put an A at the end of your sentence. Will we have a pint, eh? <laughs> but anyway... But we only had to scratch two places off our itinerary, so we didn't do too badly at all, eh? A few things I kind of realised on my travels, the first thing being just how gorgeous Ireland really is. Like, I knew this already, but, you know, years later as an adult, you kind of appreciate it a lot more. And you have to remember, I'm looking at my own home country through the eyes of a tourist. It was Lee's first time in Ireland, and obviously... I was to be her tour guide. Even walking around Cork City, she's pointing out things that I've never even noticed before, but she finds spectacular, and she's pulling out her phone, taking pictures of architecture and all these different buildings and cathedrals and stuff around Cork. I suppose we just take it for granted because we're living here all our lives, you know? 
but it's the same when I'm over in Canada like I'm blown away by the place and she's just like meh whatever she grew up there like now don't get me wrong there are things about Ireland and Irish culture that I dislike and I do disagree with but the same could be said for anywhere there's good and bad about every place you visit in the world but overall Ireland is an absolute gem and Cork in particular we don't know how lucky we are to be from here really like did you know, like, BC is just one province in Canada out on the west coast. You can fit 13 Ireland's into BC alone. Like, we're such a small country, but we've got so much character. Even when you think of the accents alone. There's one accent in Cork, there's one in Kerry, there's one out west, and then there's the Dublin accent. All very distinct accents, only within a few hours' drive of each other. But in BC... It's so big and everyone pretty much just talks in the same Canadian accent. Very hard to distinguish between accents and stuff. I thought so anyway. But another thing I realised is just how lucky I am to have this beautiful woman flying into Ireland to see me. Like I'm definitely in a unique position. I've never had a girl fly across the world to visit me before like most guys haven't. There was massive pressure on me to represent Ireland and make it the trip of a lifetime. But I think I delivered, despite the few setbacks. She even said, in her own words, and I quote, That was the best trip of my life. Finish quote. I'm like, pal, if you say that was the best trip of your life, come back in the summertime when there's no COVID. Now usually I don't like to put all my personal business out there like this on a podcast or on social media. I think I do a fairly decent job of sharing things here and there, but still kind of keeping some degree of mystique. <laughs> I definitely don't, but like people only know what I allow them to know. Do you get me? I don't mind telling stories and stuff here and there, but one thing I'll never put out there is plans for the future. I do believe that outside energy can ruin a good plan before it even gets going. Like the evil eye is always watching and stuff, you know. So I definitely hold my cards close to my chest when it comes to plans for the future. But even if I went around telling people my plans for the future, they probably wouldn't believe I could pull it off. So what's the point? But I did say before that I wanted to kind of get a little more personal on the podcast and maybe share some things that I was kind of reluctant to talk about in the past. Like being married today, for example. And the next few episodes, I wanted to give an honest account about my experience with weed, drugs, alcohol, and my time in school, and teenage years, and all stuff like that. Like a little sprinkle of my personal business here and there is fine, you know, I don't mind that. And I'll still be doing my true crime podcast as well in the meantime. But the next three episodes are going to be all about my experience with cannabis and how I eventually managed to give it up after being like a routine smoker for so many years. As you know, it's something I've been meaning to talk about for a while now, but I just wasn't sure how I wanted to present it, so I decided to make it into three parts. First part being why I decided to quit. The second part is about how I quit. And part three then talks about the results of quitting. I just thought, why not share my story? It might help someone. If you go onto YouTube and type in quitting weed, you'll see fellas that quit for two weeks or a month and they're sharing their stories about how they quit. And I'm like, you've only been, you've only quit like a month. You're not going to really see results after a month. 
and I did recently reach my milestone of one year sober from cannabis. January 6, 2021 is when I quit. So I haven't had a smoke in 14 months now. Many people thought I could never do it, but I did it. So now I'm going to talk about it in the next three episodes, and then I'll never talk about it again. Honest to God, like. But since we're on the subject of giving stuff up, remember earlier I said I was taking a little break from the booze. Since today is the first day of Lent, I've got a challenge for you. Here's what I'm doing. 40 days, 40 nights, just like Jesus did. No alcohol. No fast food. Is anyone still with me? (laughs) I doubt it, but no alcohol, no fast food, no junk food. Not only that, but I'm doing 100 push-ups every day. I'm doing 100 sit-ups every day. I'm drinking 4 litres of water every day. And a minimum of 30 minutes reading every day. And 30 minutes reading every day does not include reading the screen. I'm talking books. In the words of White Goodman, I like to break a mental sweat too. It's going to be extremely tough. But I am fully, fully, fully committed to this plan. They laughed at me when I said I was quitting marijuana. The same people are probably laughing right now. Although this is kind of extreme. Like no fast food. No junk food. That means literally nothing. Like no takeaway. No Chinese. No fizzy drinks. No chocolate. And no exceptions. Lucky for me I already eat a lot of very healthy foods. Like cold meats. Fish. I have a salad pretty much every day. But I do also eat a lot of shit food, you know, convenient food. You already know the vibes when I'm watching Netflix or playing the PS. Like, I've got snacks on snacks on snacks. I'd bury a box of Pringles before the opening credits, like, easily. So I figured, like, why not just stick with the healthy stuff for 40 days and see how it goes. If you can't quit something for 40 days, you have no willpower, like... 40 days is not a long time, a month and like a week, you know. So my diet's just going to be salads, avocados, Weedabix, and I don't know. That's pretty much it. (laughs) Nothing exciting. Four litres of water a day. Man, 100 push-ups every day for 40 days. That's 4,000 push-ups I'll be doing by the end of it, and 4,000 sit-ups as well. Like, I know you have to take rest days too, but... I'm going for it. Reading, push-ups, sit-ups, water intake, and absolutely no booze until Easter. But Shane, what about Paddy's Day? Man, fuck Paddy's Day. I haven't had a good Paddy's Day since 2007. How old are you, 16? Come on now. That's obviously a lie. We had a great Paddy's Day one year in Canada, but usually I couldn't care less about Paddy's. It's just another day, kid. So I'm basically giving up everything bad and I'm also taking up a few beneficial exercises too and I challenge you to do something as well doesn't have to be as extreme as mine even if you just give up something like chocolate give up social media give up fast food give up pizza you don't even have to give something up take something up reading get out for a walk every day start working on a project you've been putting off for months now just make that first step or here, wait, here's a good one. Why don't you put away 10 euro every day for Lent? Put it away into a jar under your mattress. You'll have 400 euro by the end of it. 
and you can thank me later for it. You can buy me a pint around the Easter holidays. Come on, lads, test yourselves. We've had it way too easy during the pandemic. We're getting soft. Pick something today and let's do it together. Last thing I want to say before the winner and wanker of the week, I have to address the name change. It used to be the High Cost of Living podcast. Now it's just the High Cost podcast. It just kind of rolls off the tongue a bit better. It's shorter. It's less of a mouthful. It's more slick. And that's pretty much the only reason why I decided to shorten the name. Let me know what you think. The High Cost Podcast. Bing bong. For the winner and wanker of the week today, it's very simple. They're going to be both related to World War Three. The Ukraine is my winner. Russia is my wanker. Simple as. Nah, to be more specific, I have Vladimir Zelensky, Ukrainian president, as my winner. And Vladimir Putin as a wanker. Now, I am the last person you should be listening to talk about this war and the many complex issues surrounding the matter. It's all to do with political disputes between the two biggest countries in the EU with a massive history. And I don't care for politics at all. Like, I'm the least political person you will ever meet. Even in Ireland, I couldn't care less about who's running the country as long as... I can still live comfortably, do you know? I don't get involved in political debates. If somebody starts yapping on about politics down at the pub, I just zone out because I don't have a clue and I don't care. Not even a little bit. All I know is war is never the answer. Over a bit of land, like, get over yourself. Like, look at the size of Ukraine on the map next to Russia. Just leave them alone, like. Imagine out tomorrow, the headlines... Russia retreats from the Ukraine after Shane says, just leave them alone, like, on his podcast. I'm giving Putin wanker of the week simply because I just don't like the look of him. He's got this smug look on his face. I would love to deliver a punch right to his suck hole. He's a bit of a bluffer and an arrogant piece of shit. And I've no time for the guy. And I can't help but feel like this whole thing is completely unnecessary. And actually... In my own uneducated opinion, I feel like he's probably wanted to invade the Ukraine his whole life. And he just wanted to flex his bit of power before his poxy little life ends in the next few years, you know. Putting out threats about nukes and stuff. Here, someone will want to take him up the field and give him a good hiding, honestly. Some Russian assassin now is probably listening into this. I'll be taken out in the next few days for throwing dirt on Putin's name. Sure how bad. Meet me outside the church in Glountown and I'll fight you. I'll send you back to Russia with your teeth in a matchbox, you bleeding bowsy. Now, in contrast to that, though, I've got to give winner of the week to Zelensky, a really top man from what I'm reading. Did you know that just four years ago, he was a comedian and actor playing a fictional president in a TV show, and now he's a wartime leader resisting Russian invasion. The US offered him the chance to evacuate with his troops and his response was, I need ammunition, not a ride. He gets winner of the week for that quote alone. What a legend. There will 100% be a movie made about that whole situation and he should probably get his own statue too, with that quote written underneath it. I could have also given it to Vladimir Klitschko, Hall of Fame boxer, multi-millionaire who... 
Like, let's be honest, he could be eating grapes out in the Caribbean island somewhere, you know, but he's down there on the front line, locked and loaded, ready to defend his turf. you got to respect it. Same with uh, Usic as well. Or Usic, I can never pronounce that dude's name, but the fella that beat Joshua there a few months back, he's also locked and loaded, ready to rock and roll. Pa, 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 pa. Take out some Russians. Um, Notice how... Three of those guys that I just mentioned all have the same first name. Vladimir Zelensky, Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Klitschko. Like, there's surely a few other names you can choose from as well. And all the Vladimirs are spelled differently. Man, that blows my mind. But anyway, um, I could have given winner of the week to the lad that went full kamikaze the other day. Vitaly Skakun, probably butchering the pronunciation of his name too. But um, he blew himself up on a bridge to stop a convoy of Russian vehicles from crossing. Now that's really sad and heroic and all that, but I can't help but feel like he didn't really have to do that. Was it really necessary to blow yourself up? Like I'm sure those sneaky Russians will find another way in anyway. But rest in peace to that brave soldier. And then there's the troops on Snake Island. The lads that told the Russians to go fuck themselves before they got smoked. All heroes, all tragic, all heartbreaking stories. And I'm sure there'll be loads of those kinds of stories come out about the heroes that stood up against the Russians over the next few weeks. But it's just shocking to see it happen in Europe in this day and age. You know, it happens in the Middle East every day and nobody talks about it, but... I suppose you just go onto TikTok now and you see videos of buildings being blown up in Russia. It's just weird that we're in 2022 in this day and age and there's two countries in Europe and we're watching it all unfold on TikTok, you know. (laughs) Hopefully it stops soon and we say a prayer for those people that need our prayers. That's really all I have to say. Zelensky, you're our winner of the week. Vladimir Putin, get your shit together, son. You're a wanker. And all of that just reinforces everything that I said about Ireland earlier in the episode. Like, how lucky we are to be from here. Am I right? Don't take it for granted, pal. That's it for me. The come.